Ant, does what this draw you between... into Facebook? Does this make you want a Facebook account now? That would be no. Wow. <laughs> what What are they going to have to do? Do you need circles? Would that make you feel more comfortable? If they give me circles where I can post two specific circles and all of that. Please. January 16th, 2013. This is episode 38 of Yats. It's yet another tech show every week, Wednesday evening, yet another tech show.com slash live. Join us in the hangout, and we got the chat room there. Uh, I'm Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, holy God, hangouts bloated. We got Ant Pruitt. How are you doing, Ant? Back from recovery. I am unbelievable as always, and glad to be back, folks. Good to have you back. We got Larry Press. How are you doing, Larry? Doing great, you guys. In another mysterious hotel room. This is I, turning you know, into a habit. Hotel room in Miami, but I'm not sure where it is. Yeah, this, you've turned into John McAfee. Are you also selling movie rights? <laughs> we'll talk about that. Mike Rothman, back. How are you doing, Mike? I am so good, gentlemen. I bet I've missed you. Yeah, I it's, need my yes, cats. It's been too long, too long. And we got a couple other guys that we uh, hang out online with joining us. Isaac Kendall, how you doing, Isaac? Uh, I'm doing well. Good to see your bandwidth is hanging in there. <laughs> and we got Michael Olson. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Good, good. Smartphone photography hangout uh, that we also missed you on, Ant. How how did we uh, how did we handle your smartphone photography hangouts in your absence? You know, I, I give you credit, y'all did quite well, but it still needs that Aunt Pruitt touch. Well, know? yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was giving it one more week, and if you didn't show up, I was just not going to answer when you asked if we would host it. We were just going to say no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm except no substitute. That's right. <laughs> the real Aunt Pruitt. You no substitute. So, uh, Mike, why don't you start things off with us? You last week you couldn't make the show because you went and saw uh, a talk from who was it again? John. John Cabot Zinn is his name. This guy is a ret- uh, now retired, but spent a lifetime uh, MIT professor and uh, neuroscientist. So he's a he's a guy that. Uh, has studied and understands the mind from the scientific perspective, and he is uh, also a, a medical doctor, trained as a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And he has um, pioneered for 30 years now in the United States the use of mindfulness for treating things like chronic pain. And uh, it mindfulness is his westernized version, really, of of uh, meditation, which is a Buddhist and Hindu tradition. And uh, so, you know, it's it's obviously kind of far afield from uh, peering into my uh, HT, uh, HTC One X 
to, to sit quietly, still my mind, and to uh, listen to his words, or more importantly, listen to my own thoughts. So you're but saying it, notifications completely off. I'm like I'm like serious airplane mode. So does he come at it from the perspective that your body creates the things it needs to heal itself? It's just a matter of getting your mind quiet enough to unlock that, or is he like into chakras and energy healing? Like what where is he coming from with this? Well, I I think he'd say that uh you in whatever condition you are, you have just one life to live. And um, if you're paying attention to the million little disruptions that occur in our everyday life, like the notifications or the phone's ringing or I've got to get this email, you're not really living in the present. And you're, most importantly, you're not paying attention to what your body and your mind are telling you. So he advocates developing the discipline, he calls it the muscle. He doesn't mean literally the muscle, like ant's muscle. Like muscle memory. Yeah, developing the muscle memory. There it is, uh, (laughs) to to have the discipline to listen to your, truly listen and pay attention to your body and your mind. And in that way, to be at peace with where you are. And you know he says it much more eloquently and uh, beautifully, but he does it from the perspective of someone who has studied Eastern traditions, but approaches it as a scientist and a physician. Very you, interesting guy. Anyway, a little far afield from yet another tech show's normal beat, but uh, I did want to go hear him, and, and I enjoyed it. You do seem more zen. I don't know if yeah. that's a side effect of you could tell that about me, huh? I can dig that totally, considering, you know, what I just went through with this whole hip replacement and what I discovered three years ago with it, you know, and it was all about mentally listening to my body and not doing like I normally would do, you know. I mean, I love to get out and exercise and I love to hit the gym and all of that stuff, but I had to listen and say, hold up, you know what? Something's not quite right. I'm running. But every time my left foot hits the pavement, it doesn't sound the same as my right foot hitting the pavement. Something's mm-hmm. weird. You know, I mean, it, it's yeah. it starts with little stuff like that. You know, yeah. so I, I dig yeah. I dig that, man. Hey, and let's uh, yeah. let's also welcome joining a little late, but nonetheless here with us, Chris Miller. How you doing, Chris? Hey, Chris. Turn oh, yeah. the mute off. It's auto mutes on. You got to upper right. Click the mic. No, no, that was my uh, delayed um, Japanese movie mode. Oh, <laughs> that's next week, Chris. That's next week. Didn't you get the invite? Come on. I, I apologize. What's up with the deprecated lower third uh, app that I loaded earlier that now isn't working? Does anyone want to? Oh, uh, yeah, that works when it wants to. Uh, Use the Hangout Toolbox first. I, I have the Hangout Toolbox. Yeah, no, it, it honestly well, it works. Screwed. It works when it wants to. <laughs> I wouldn't I even worry about it. So, all right, uh, Michael Olson, you mentioned something about messing around a little bit with the new Facebook search. I've seen this all over the the tech news headlines. Is Can we finally get rid of Google and just live in Facebook now? Is this AOL 5.0? Borak impression and walk away. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, it really, 
it's still just searching your graph, your own social graph in Facebook. But uh, prior to this, and you know, they're still slowly rolling it out. I mean, Facebook search was non-existent, and what they're doing is um, it's impressive as far as what it can do. Using natural language, you can search things such as photos of my friends in 2009, um, friends of friends who work at Dell, you know, people who live in Ann Arbor that like the band U2. I mean, it's really interesting. This sounds like searching to target ads. And when you exactly. when you say before, Facebook search has always been good, but it's only been good for what it's for, and that's for finding ex girlfriends and brand pages. Right. So yeah, I mean, that's what Matt uses it for. <laughs> what I'm just saying, like, what do you use it for? I mean, that's that's what it's there for. Stalker school. Yeah, Stalker yeah listen school. up. This is how it's, you use it, and I'm just saying. It's a, re- it's a referral engine, right? So it's a referral. Oh, well, who's got the feedback? What is that? That's somebody's feedback. That I you? thought that was a car pulling up that had terrible brakes. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. I think those, that's a, it's a referral engine, right? So they say, find your friends that have liked other things. The more your friends like, the more that you are then able to get information from them. It's, it's about gleaning your friend graph is all it is, a social graph search about what they like, and they want you to like it too. How so many this times now in your feed? Think this, about it. You in your feed now, what do you get all day? I, my, your friend likes Samsung. Your friend like Walmart. Your friend like Target. I wonder. I question that. Do they? Do they really? I ask them. I'm like, hey, did you really? Do you really like this? Sometimes they say no. Right. Well, but they now, clicked it somewhere. Does this, does this encourage you to have a larger, more diverse social graph so that it becomes more powerful? Or does this still encourage you to just have 30 friends and and play games in Farmville. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's Facebook graph sort of leveled off a couple of years ago. I'm not, you know, it, for me, it's where it's at. I don't see it really going up anymore. You don't notice, I, I, lately I've noticed that there's a spot that says subscribers, and I notice that number goes up a little bit, like, every week. But other, like, I don't really notice more f- anything else, you know. It's, it's all the same BS that it always has been. All right, and this new search seems like a marketer's dream come true. Really, is this is the next step then the monetization of it? I mean, I saw something, and this this doesn't really have to do with that, but it was you could pay like a hundred dollars and get a message to Mark Zuckerberg or something that they were testing that no, out. That no, as a I way, mean, I to- think I think it really does have something to do with that. You know, they have you can pay. They've done tests where you can pay to make sure a message gets into somebody's inbox, uh-huh. and so now if you're a marketer. You're not just sort of finding like a group of people who like X, Y, and Z. You're finding, you know, Aunt Pruitt who likes A, Y, and Z. Well, not Aunt, but um, <laughs> you know. And then if you're you Google Plus, to, you are. You're finding yeah. Aunt if you're Google Plus, right. not if you're Facebook. But I mean, you could literally pay to send them a Facebook message about your product. I can see that, but let let me ask you guys because I'm still cloudy on all of this and does what this draw you between? into facebook does this make you want a facebook account now that would be no wow <laughs> what what are they gonna have to do do you need circles would that make you feel more comfortable if they give me circles where i can post two specific circles and all of that that's it huh? i may consider telling them no again <laughs> <laughs> the listen here exist. zucker nerd i'm on google plus for life life baby but l- let me ask you guys though what is the difference between me jumping on google plus 
and going into the big search box that's up there? Because I, is it the way you can put in different parameters for your query or, or what? Because I, I, I search crap all the time in Google+. Now, do you turn off the global response to everything, or do you have it set by default to use your friends first? I haven't even attention? touched any of those settings. So, so the default, global, no, know? the the default, the default is your local graph. If you're searching under an authenticated login, so if you log into Google uh-huh. and you search in the upper right, you'll get a globe or a little person head. If you're uh-huh. by default, if you're logged in, if you search by default, logged in, it gives you the person head to go to the global and get rid of your friends' results first, meaning things that they've either written or liked or plused. Oh, no, no. I mean, far as inside of Google Plus, where the search bar is, not not on Google. You're getting home. both. Then you're getting both. And it, it seems to work fine for me, you know. But, uh, right. What your is the difference here versus Facebook and what they're trying to do? Well, they're using Bing, right? I understood that they're throwing Bing in this social bar. If you want to do, do the perfect test here, go to Google Plus and search for Android. Then go to Facebook and do the same thing and look at the difference in what you're getting back in the content. It's it's kind of interesting. Okay, I'll take your word for that. You, if I mean, you got let's some not do it right. to share on it, you know, that would be nice. But I, I'm, I was curious. But, I mean, I can see what Mike O was saying as far as the, the marketers paying a buck or two bucks or a hundred bucks to make sure so-and-so on Facebook gets an ad you know, in their inbox. I could see that. But and, and the way they're designing the search, it's really, I mean, if you wanted to find, if we were friends on Facebook and you wanted to learn more about me, you really got to look back at my past and spend some effort. And now you can just do some simple queries and, you know, my pop, my information will just pop up in a search. Okay. Now, is this something that the user necessarily wants as far as privacy? It's you all know, some privacy. They, they were they were serious about that earlier when they did the release. They said it follows the same privacy controls inside the Google search that it always has, meaning you can't get response content that you could never see before. Okay. So nothing's changed. All they've done is expand it to make it more a search experience. Then before in the title bar, what would you get when you searched? People, groups, brand pages. That's about uh, it. Right. Now you'll get more of the content that they're liking and dealing with instead of just the title of what the group is or the person. Right. So in the past you could find people. Now you can search about that person and find out about that person. Not so just if you're, them. if you're, let's say a podcast and you want more or even a person, does this encourage more public posting so that when people are searching for stuff, you get found? Is that, yes. Hmm. Yes. and yes. is this going to fatigue users when all of these companies that have you know million dollar ad accounts just start spamming messages around like how many messages is it going to take for you to get before you're like you know what i'm done with this well notice the messaging system like you said get to them also changed they have two forms of messages uh they just changed it about what three weeks ago there's the default which is people you know and there's the subfolder of everybody you don't know goes to that secondary box it shows as a message but not in your primary inbox if you look at your facebook now you actually have to go in and show other messages and now let me ask you this. Does this, when, when they start, I, I noticed there was a story about how they rolled out uh, voice calling only for iOS. Yeah. Is this search going to have anything to do with like listening to people's calls using the service because we can use that information as another signal? Oh, they're already, 
they're already reading your messages and they've already, that's already been out there. So they're seeing the content of what you send to each other to help drive ads in the sidebar. They're not sharing that per se, but they're actually seeing that to then give you better targeted ads based upon things you say in your messages to each other. That's why Ant never gets anything because he doesn't talk to anybody. Because he has no friends. No. Here's my take. But I'm happy. Oh, wait, Mike's on. He's real faint, though. Yeah, what, Mike? Can you hear me? No, you're faint. Yeah, you're really quiet, Mike. Like you're not in. Six weeks ago, <laughs> Apple proved. Damn auto detect. It's the hangout. Yeah. Yeah. We're, no, not, seeing your, we're not seeing your picture either. It, it's not. Uh, it's because it's. The it volume like solo. We see him. But I think he's talking. It sounds like he's coming through a different mic. Yeah. Maybe his laptop mic picked up. Can you sign your question to us? <laughs> I can't see him. You know what? Let me disconnect and reconnect. Okay. So He's when? how like long is this expected to, to until it's rolled out to a more broad user base? Do, do it, does anybody know? It's just over time? Over time, I think. Yeah, but it's going to move quick probably because there's nothing they really have to change uh, now that it's live and working. What do you have to do? Does they this just have to scale it basically, right? Does this have a bearing on their stock? Do you think? Does this show a monetization path at all? <laughs> no. Let's see. Did Mike get Did Mike get back better? Let's see if he's back. Now he has no audio. Nice, Mike. You're probably <laughs> muted. Thank you, Hangouts. Oh, he's muted. And. All right, let's try this again. All right, a little better. Six weeks ago, Apple proved to the world that the world does not need another mapping app. And I think this week, Facebook is about to accomplish the same, essentially the same thing. The world does not need another search engine. I don't see the use for this, gentlemen. Help me out here. What am I missing? What if I'm with you? <laughs> well, and even for you, Ant, let's say, because you're not a Facebook user, you could very well be a Bing user. What if this has something to do with that relationship and Microsoft uh, injects their search into this search to bulk it up some or give it a good start or something like that? Would that make it any more? Considering how I haven't liked Bing either, I did give it a fair shake too, but it just never really stuck, you know? But is this a plot? Is this just another uh, another card from Microsoft to try to further their relationship with with Facebook and how they had Skype and all of that built in at one time too? See, I'm going to say it's totally different because Mike was asking what's you know selling. What's the difference? It's totally different. It's about a social graph search, meaning it's giving you socially direct related content, meaning your friends, things that they deal with more or talk about or like is a higher priority to you because you're already friends with those people. It's not about a public Google search like what we generally expect, right? A result where we search the web and say, give me everything you got based upon your hidden algorithm. It's give me more information that people I know and trust and connect to liked or talked about because I usually trust their opinions like an internal Yelp. So, okay. It's kind of what isn't what Google tried to do when they had deals with Twitter and when they wanted to crawl all of that to bring all of this social aspect search into their search and beef it up some and make it more. It's what they're trying to do with Google Plus in reverse. I mean, when you do a general search, what I was telling Ant earlier, they want that response to be friends first, world second. Facebook says, mm-hmm. give me the things that your friends like the most. Because who do you go to eat with? Who do you trust for a reference? It's all I trust about friends and those connections, right? It's all about those, those connections. So, Chris, let, Chris, let me ask you this. How many, how many active 
friends do you think most people have, or uh, on average, people have on Facebook? Hundreds. Active friends. Hundreds. Yeah, but really, really active. Hundreds, you think? Maybe no. 200, 300? Well, keep in mind, here's the other thing Facebook has done that's different between the search and what you get. In your main Facebook stream, you get content more directly related to those you interact with the most, where the other stuff becomes hidden behind it. You have to actually go and turn that on. So the social search oh. then though, should expand and reach all of those other people that you don't see on a day-to-day -day basis. When I go in, the people that I comment on their posts or they comment on mine or whatever, they show higher not only on the main page, but also in the side in terms of messaging. Most active, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, Chris, Chris, go ahead, Larry. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm sitting here. Okay, I'm with Ann. I don't. I actually have a Facebook account, <laughs> but I don't use it. Um, do I? I've never used it. Um, but okay, I, I. Do you use it as a professional thing, or do you see this mainly as a shopping and finding out where your friends like to eat and what movies they've watched? So because, it's, like, to me, Google Plus is purely professional. And if I did do Facebook, it would be for, like, family. Well, that's what I do. So there's two sides to it. I do run a public page for the I Do Note stuff, meaning I only put business-related things on it so they can be found. Uh, personal, I don't share much to the public, and Matt brought it up. Oh, I've got new subscribers. Uh, Wayne Sutton's a good – he just was talking about it the other day. He went from sharing personally, which he does, but every now and then he does public posts and doesn't run a public personal page, you could say, just runs his, his own I'm a person account. When he shares things publicly, he now has like 20,000 subscribers because that's where he puts his content. But going, going in reverse, I'm going to search Facebook to say, I wonder where my friends here in the city have gone that they like to eat. I'm going to use it as an internal Yelp based upon places they go. All right. Now, keep in mind, they also got rid of Facebook Places, right, which eliminated check-ins. You can now check into a place in your post, but you don't check into a place anymore. Mm -hmm. So they've built a, a market around things that your friends like because they know you probably like it too. You drink the beer they drink. You shop where they shop. You go to the same coffee house, things like that. Of course, the goal is that comes the whole internet for everybody. Isaac, your bandwidth is dying, yeah. bud. Yeah. Do you want to try Skype? If you drop out, I can Skype you if you want. No, let's try this. Oh, there you That's go. Better. That's better. Okay, let's say that again. The, uh, the silhouette. For how many people, though, do you think, Chris? Like, for me, people under 25, Facebook is the whole internet. They've AOL'd yeah. themselves on purpose. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, you're right. It so is. So where would you go to search for a review of the uh, restaurant that opened up the streets that your friends go to? Would you go to Google and Yelp, or would you go to Facebook and look? Well, I can wait past 25, so I would use Urban Spoon. No, I'm saying you just relate. I'm saying if you were those people, where would you go? All right. You the, go the where you world, live. For, for me, the, my whole world would be Facebook. Correct. Absolutely everything for Facebook. So That's this encourages want. that filter bubble theory in a way, in kind of mm -hmm. a serious way. It's It was their attempt. It was what I was writing for a new domain. It's their attempt to keep you more inside the walls. Yeah. Do you see Google as a, as a polar opposite to that, trying to not maybe push you outside the walls, but trying to incorporate, or are they doing the exact same thing? Well, they're doing a reverse. They had the public search engine behind them, and they built Google Plus to, and social search around it. So they're saying, now come into our community, and we'll start ferreting your friends and build connectivities, build circles, and we're going to give you those informations ranked higher than we would just the general stuff. But they're still... There's still that giant rift there between yep. the two user bases, and there's a lot of non-crossover. 
Correct. So it's whoever goes into it with the larger user base and can continue it the longest. That's who's going to win this. So where do you have more people that circled you and friended you more on Facebook or more on Google Plus? And has everybody on Google Plus? I have both. I think it's split both. They're different people, though. Rarely do I find someone I know in real life on Google Plus. Facebook is a lot of real life and people from all the shows I do. Google Plus is all the shows I do and all of the sciencey, uh, nerdy stuff I'm interested in. So it's a so you, it's a totally you different. There's people that don't, aren't scared to know about your personal life. That's what it and is. See, right. But I put that in both Facebook. places. I put that out in both places. It's just I don't know anybody in real life that's using Google Plus. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, but I mean I think the big question is will Facebook users, you know, use search in the way that you're describing it to find you know, friends that recommend restaurants. Right, because they've been like using that. it for so long in that certain way. It, it's going to take Facebook a, a good-sized push of getting the word out and showing, like, look, this is more than just finding crappy Coca-Cola likes or whatever. Like, this is powerful if you use it right. If. If. <laughs> if. Use so it. while we're talking, I'm going to do, do a little test while we're talking, so keep going. I okay. think that Facebook's also playing the long game here, too, in respect that they're not really worried about me who's pushing 40 and me worried about Facebook and their there's privacy issues and whatnot. They're they're going for the people that are 18, 15 years old who just get used to living in Facebook for so long that they forget about what they're giving up to Facebook. And they'll be so invested in it that they can never go anywhere else. You do kind of see that with the Android iOS thing. Like I'm almost to the point where even if I wanted to switch over and try an iPhone, I'm so living in the Google ecosystem and using all of their services, but not just using them, like really using them to where it would be a good-sized pain in the ass to switch everything over so it's easier to just stay. And that's oh, yeah, what, just try to get all that stuff in iCloud. Go for it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I wouldn't even think of it. It's, it's, There's an article. It's like not even a, a, an option. At, at, at a certain point, you cross that threshold where it's like you don't even – you don't look back and you just hope – that the path you chose is not going to turn around and decide to F you, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but do you really think people in that age group, 15 to 18, are sticky? I mean, I don't see it. My daughter's 13. No. She's already quit Facebook. She jumps from Tumblr to Snapchat to Instagram and wherever wherever they feel like going. I mean, they're not, they're not loyal to anything. Yeah, my girlfriend's all. 23, and she just got an Android phone, but it's one of those Howie, like, cheap burner phones, and she doesn't care. Like, she'll use a BlackBerry if it works. Like, she just... There's that... So you get to that point where they just... Because it, it's your first smartphone, so you're not embedded in any ecosystem, so you use whatever whatever you can afford or whatever's there at the time. You know, I think the hidden gem here for Facebook, though, is the messaging platform. I mean, eventually, email addresses aren't going to matter. It's just reach me on Facebook. It's on identity. Will reach whatever device I'm using. I will agree to that. Yeah. Right? Like I was watching Twitter about, uh, about two months ago. Neelai Patel was on from uh, The Verge. And he just got married. And his new brother-in-law, who's like 21, Neelai says, hey, what's your email address? So we can, you know, chat. And the kid's like, uh, I don't know, like Facebook. Guy doesn't have an email address. Yeah. Just Facebook. I can, I can agree to that because I, I have friends, like I was saying a second ago, Twitter is pretty much my Facebook in this scenario. Um, it's more people that I know personally and can walk outside and see face-to-face. And um, it's funny 
that some of those folks, I know them by their handle. You know, I know them by <laughs> at so-and-so and not necessarily by their actual name, you know. <laughs> so That's I can funny. see that with email addresses just not even existing when they only know you by your Facebook box. And that's yeah. that's all it is at, at like CES or at podcast conventions. Like that's all it is. And you say like, hey, my name's Matt. And unless that's your handle, like they're like, who? <laughs> oh, yeah, Killer490 or whatever. Oh, I know you. I know you. Cool, cool. So uh, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. And speaking of CES, there was a lot of controversy around the whole CNET, CBS, uh, they, they do this awards thing every year and somebody got involved in a lawsuit with somebody else. And so they were like, well, you can't be in this, uh, this, this thing anymore. Uh, do any of you, first of all, write for CNET? Are we, are we good no. here? Are we, are we good? Lock your doors. Okay, uh, let's start with you, Ant. What What are your thoughts on this? Well, I I think CBS was in the wrong here. Well, whatever the, the actual arm of CBS that was involved, I think they're in the wrong. Um, they should not jump in and, and dictate editorial, in my opinion. Um, that's just like an, another. Um, I guess you can say a sponsor coming in and dictating dictating your reviews. You know, you could you could be at CES as a as a tech writer, and all of these PR people coming at you and just throwing you tons and tons and tons of crap, and just begging you to review it and review it positively, throwing you all types of bribes and whatnot. And you can call them bribes if they if it's you know. Hey, just just say how well you love it, and we'll give you an extra sixty gig SSD or whatever. You know, it it's it's all a bribe, you know. But I, I just don't think that's right. You know, let editorial be editorial, and give us the the right to be, you know, to have freedom of speech and say, hey, I think your app is crap, you know, Chris? or I think you're worthy of the prize. What do you think, Chris? So no, they were wrong for stopping the conversation. They're wrong for eliminating it from being part of the awards. But I think putting a what would be the proper word for it, giving them an upfront limit to make sure that there was no legal boundary cross because of the lawsuit was simple. Simply say to them, "Hey, you can't talk anything about this or this part of it because there's a lawsuit, but the rest of it should continue." So they're going to suffer from it, and they're going to you're going to hear a lot about it for some time to come. What will be the end result? They got some bad press out of it. Have they done anything? This is the uh, interesting part. Have they done anything to stem that bad press they're getting? I haven't seen anything from them. Not a word. Right. That goes against it. They have no you know, media SWAT team that's working on this to help you know, refute anything. They're just letting it settle down and go away. In a couple of weeks, it'll probably be gone until it comes back to you know somebody wins the lawsuit. Then it'll be, bring it back up again. Well, and for something like this, isn't almost saying nothing kind of the best thing they could do because anything they say is just going to get criticized all to hell on all of the blogs and it's just going to stir up more more press i think if they just keep quiet like you said it'll pass the news cycle ces is over no one's even gonna remember it tomorrow I'm too busy looking at my social graph search right now to even know what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm too busy finding oh. everyone that was at CES to send yeah. them a message about our show. It's funny you can say that as I can search for people that went to CES. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Well, the, the big winner, of course, ends up being Dish because they got all the free publicity over the hopper. 
and they look like the the poor underdog finally. Right, exactly. Yeah. Does it harm dish. seen it in the long run? As far as are their reviews become suspect in the future? People forget so fast. You know, people will say, "Oh, I don't know if I trust them as a source anymore," and then two weeks later, it's done. You know, I, I, I would say no, considering the one guy said, you know what, I'm out of here. If this is the kind of stuff that I have to work under, uh, I think CNET's going to be all right. Don't fire somebody sacrificially. Yeah, you know, scapegoat. I, have a, I guess I have a slightly different view about this. Uh, yeah, I think CBS lawyers overreacted a little bit, but come on, guys, this is a... CES is such a commercial hodgepodge, a, sort of a crass, no-holds-barred uh, attempt to buy consumer interest to begin with. Exhibit A, <clears throat> Booth Girls. I mean... Yeah, Booth, booth A. <laughs> what are, what's... Give me a break. <laughs> no, in, in the 21st century, we're de- still dealing with that. These are so, our engineers. No, these really, these are our engineers. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> so, so I guess when the industry is trying to make a stand on some basis of journalistic purity, they they ought to pick a different a different ground than CES for that stand. Yeah. For now, but they're gonna have to, you know. I don't think I don't think they're gonna suffer in the long run. I think you're right. I think what Ann said is true. And if you know, someone's gonna someone said I quit over it. Someone else will get fired over it in a few weeks. We'll all forget until the lawsuit settled. We'll and, bring it up in the news, and it's done. And honestly, Absolutely. if if this happened anywhere else except for CES, like if this would have just been a normal review thing, and it got pulled, like nobody would even really know about it. Really, I mean, it's because of where it happened, and that it was the contest that they do. That it, it was a bigger deal, I think, than normal. Reviews that most, they do. Most normal people don't pay any attention to any of this stuff. That's true, well, huh? And the reverse is true. We got to look at it. Was it proactive? Because if that company had won or lost, could that have also then come up again against them because there's a lawsuit pending? So maybe they were proactive and said, we don't want to deal with them at all in a win or loss scenario. I'd rather take the heat from removing them than deal with if it went either way. That's a good point. I wouldn't want to deal with them. So. Period. Period. End of story. Uh, Mike, you posted something in the doc about channels on YouTube. Uh, are you finding some good content, or are you having a hard time finding some good content on YouTube? <laughs> are you sick of the cat I, videos, or what? No, actually, I'm just sort of blown away with the way the uh, uh, media world has evolved. And I want to give some recognition to Google and YouTube for what I think is really a pretty interesting, creative uh, endeavor on their part. I wrote a piece about this on uh, groovypost.com, and uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. The The piece just talks about the tools that group, that YouTube has made available for finding the, the emerging channel structure of video content on YouTube. And, you know, there is some pretty amazing stuff. Uh, I spent a couple of Saturdays sort of jumping down this rabbit hole, and believe me, you can lose almost any amount of time you you care to lose uh, getting getting into this content. Some of the fun stuff I found, for example, is on the Onions uh, mm-hmm. channel, 
you know, just a really rich vein of satiric, uh, witty humor. Do they have their actual TV shows on there? The Sports Dome, or I forget, what was it called? The Dome or something. And then they did like a a spoof news show. Are those on there then? That's pretty cool. And it's all on YouTube. It's all on the Onions channel on YouTube. Nice. Mm -hmm. And YouTube is increasingly organizing itself to help you find the best channels. Uh, is that interesting that they can air that stuff and not get it pulled by IGN that like somehow they worked out a deal to put that stuff up there? Cause I wish more would do that. You know, I, I think you're going to find more and more content. Like if comedy uh, central had a channel up there and just aired old South park episodes old, I mean, they have a, a plethora of content to choose from that could just be airing 24 seven on YouTube uh, that would make it more encouraging to have a, a Google TV. Absolutely. And remember that YouTube now also uh, ha- sells content as well as giving it away. Right, so the movies and, and all that. Music, uh, movies and television shows as well. Yeah. So you can you can find content on there that is entirely on, online only and free online only and paid for and also broadcast online free or paid for so So how long how long before we start seeing networks like comedy central use the old stuff to advertise for the new stuff and say that you can get everything right here you can pay for the new shows as they air and you can watch all the old crap for free like that seems like a great idea i mean it would get people that don't know about your shows into them well, it seems to me like a fantastic idea. You know, I'm I'm an aspiring cord cutter, and I know there's others of us on this podcast that are as well. Uh, YouTube and its uh, you know its companion app, Google TV, could really be a a viable solution going forward. Who needs broadcast when you've got a, a, almost an unimaginable amount of content? But what does it take to get those main uh, networks or main content producers to make that move? Because the second they do, it's going to piss off their where they're getting all of their money from. So there has it's, to be it's some... One thing, it's one thing only, and that is the passage of time. There's, there are generations of people that are accustomed to sitting in front of the TV box and turning the channel. But they, they are growing old and uh, moving on. And the newer generations are not doing that. They're but watching. The, you need the co- you need content too. It's not just the, the generation thing. Well, and YouTube's um, working on that, right? They have a fund, and they they have got a, they got a ways channel. to go though. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's I mean, the thing. You see people like Lamar Wilson with his channel. He's one of the uh, YouTube producers, or I forget what they're called, but there there is a, a group of them out there that is that is doing this. It just do needs more resources. Commissioning content. Also, yeah. yeah. And you need to split one of the definitions that, Mike, that you brought up was you said broadcast versus the content. Broadcast is still free, meaning anyone can cut the cable for everything, cut the dish, whatever you want to call it, get a, you know, get a cheap antenna and get broadcast. It's the content that you can get through the online yeah. services that's different. And I can still get broadcast, right, even without yeah. it. But well, it's it d- like, depends where you are. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You may yeah. be in a sucky area and, you know, move. But the idea is that the signals are out there, right? You can <laughs> you're saying, man. Move to where you move closer to Mount Wilson. Right. If you don't like it, move. Yeah. Right. You don't like it, get a bigger ticket. Hey, hey, when you grew up, you know, the people of Kentucky, they just build a bigger tower on the hill. That's, you know, what you do. But the- <laughs> no, of course, you're, at, you're absolutely right, of course. Yeah. But no, I'm saying it's so, it's how, where you go find all this. Seriously. So if you can pay, let's say I have a Prime membership. I get Hulu Plus and Netflix for friends. I'm paying $15 a month and 75 to Amazon a year. And I have access to so much content I can't watch it, not including what you're saying, which is on YouTube and all the others. Uh, Crackle, uh, Crunchyroll, all these. I've got a Roku. I've got so much content I can't watch it all. And yeah. that's all for less than 15 a month. Oh, you Americans with your Hulu. Our first world problems. All this content. What was me if I more only had more Hulu hours in a day? I'm, I'm, who said? Wait, who said that Americans with their Hulu? Who said that? <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> some guy not, from Canada. The Canadian. It's not Americans with their Hulu, Isaac. It's it's anybody in the world that goes and buys a fifty dollar VPN for the year. Ooh. Oh, no, no, okay. Suck on no, no, I'm that. I'm talking about Canada. You know. <laughs> this stuff, the cord cutting, the, all the stuff we're talking about. This should be easy. Like, don't get me wrong. In in the land of Isaac here, we we have DNS proxies. Don't you worry about my house. I'm talking about everybody else. Like, I'm talking about my mom and my grandma, like normal people. Or my wife if I wasn't living here. Business opportunity. I mean, yeah, perfect. (laughs) There has to be a way to take an open source operating system like, oh, I don't know, Android, and make it dummy proof and intuitive. I mean, like what the OUYA is doing. Is bringing Android gaming to a console to your TV, and it's going to be easy. It's not going to force close, right? Yeah, it's not. It better not. Uh, and I think if you did something like that in the form of a television and made it, I mean, put the dials on there for him. I don't care. <laughs> but I, I don't. I think it's more than just grandma being able to. I have. The, I do the exact same thing Chris does. I've got rabbit ears and a Roku and and all the same services that he said. But I still can't watch uh, some cool HBO thing on it. I, I think content is still uh, find you find yourself a lagging. friend. Find yourself I, a friend. Give him five bucks a month and get his HBO Go login. I didn't say that, but I'm saying it's possible. Find yourself a friend with yeah, a private torrent I, invite. Ask him for one, and there you go. Problem hey, solved. I've been asking you since this thing started, man. You don't give it up. <laughs> I sent you like I'm five of them. I swear I've sent you five, Larry. No way. You gotta no work. Way. Send me a plane ticket. I'll come over and set you up. <laughs> Allegedly. Or, there, or there's my sling solution. Yeah, that was an interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike, do you do you um, can you imagine? Okay, I guess maybe it's different viewing habits. I I have never in my entire life gone to YouTube to see. Oh, what's on tonight? I think I want to watch something. Every time I go to YouTube, it's because I've clicked on something that took me there. Do you think that uh, the former mode is going to start to happen? Yeah, I do, and I don't think it's going to be thee and me, Larry. This going to be at the front of the pack. I, I think it's... It's them young kids again? It's those kids Get off again. my lawn! damn kids! <laughs> you know, it's, it's the hundred million kids that are watching the, the, the cute kitty uh, uh, videos are, go- are going to be clicking around and they're, just, they're, they're going to find something other than kittens. Could you imagine, um, though, the day that cute kitten videos get the resources of Google dumped into them and just have millions of dollars to produce cute kitten videos i mean just think about it yeah it's coming you know know. my 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 advice is 
take a look at the direction YouTube is going with their interface. It, it's much cleaner than it used to be. It, it's got some of the Google hierarchical logic behind it now. It's, it's a different, it, YouTube is a different service than it was uh, two or three years ago. And add to it, for Mike, add to it the three apps that came out, right, for your yep. iPad, iOS, that show me frequency and the other one that give you content that your friends have shared and viewed to give you, like, just like we're doing the social graph, better content your friends would like, you would probably watch and like, too, because they send it to you anyway in email, right, or in a link or whatever. Mm-hmm. They now have apps that then drive you to this content based upon things your friends are already watching and seeing. It's a discovery tool. And, you know, uh, for me, I use uh, my PlayStation and the YouTube app on that, and it's a beautiful app. It's one of my favorite apps. And you talk about, well, I turn it on and flip what's on. I turn on my YouTube app on my PlayStation, and I just scroll through my subscriptions, and I can see what's new and what's not new. And my whole family does that. My son does that. He's seven years old, and he consumes his content that way as well. No, Mike and Mike, I I do the subscriptions as well, but... I think I talked about this in our little community the other day, the whole rating system with YouTube, whether you like something that you watch, mm-hmm. I've been getting some really good recommendations. I mean, I've had a lot of free time on my hands here recently. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I sit here with this Google TV and fire up the YouTube app. And man, it's been some great stuff thrown at me that I would have never even thought of, mm-hmm. and it based it off of my ratings. It's, it's you got the subscription section, mm-hmm. but you have your recommendations, and well, whatever yeah. algorithm yeah. they're using on that, they're getting much better at that. It's not just some of the the hottest crap that I care nothing about. You know, I don't care about all of this gangum gongum style right. and all of that other stuff but right i, I agree um, the stuff about some 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 of the smallest weapons in the world you know i, I didn't know there was such a thing you know a four inch pistol i didn't know yeah. but it, i sat and watched that show for an hour you know oh hey that's kind of sick <laughs> i also ordered the makerbot coming around my kids great i'll be making yeah. guns for all of you this christmas yeah, really. <laughs> and I totally, I, I totally hear you. It, that that service is um, is seductive. It's it is a it's a dark dark hole there that it, that will pull you in, and there's there's unlimited hours worth of stuff to delve into. It's the whole thing stumble upon that made that engine exactly. so great. If and yeah. you, you can do that there if you just select videos rather than everything. Like you can just stumble random. You would never like. You would never think to search for some of the stuff you find. It's the most interesting content out there. I think you you told me about Stumble Upon when we first started Yats, man, and it yeah. blew me away with with not only just just the videos but photography and oh, articles yeah. and stuff, man. It's 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 great That's as long the- as you put in your recommendations. And like the stuff, you know. Yeah, you got to take the time initially, and that's that's the great Pinterest cheat. As you go on, stumble upon, stumble for photos, and then copy and paste them. <laughs> yes. Like you'll get the greatest stuff for your for your Pinterest wall. <laughs> and you keep, that's why Instagram so su- successful, and that's why the YouTube one works is because it's visual. You are more apt to sit there and click on another video for three minutes than you are to read another article. Right. You know, yes. you know yeah. mind and it learns from not only what you like, but also the tags built around what you view so even if yeah. you don't like it if you viewed enough stuff it's saying oh he likes things about little bitty guns 
yeah. right? So, or whatever it is. And he's been watching more and more of those videos. Well, let's give him more of that content. So it starts learning what you like to watch. So the best way to do it, if you really don't want to see that stuff is to go in unauthenticated into YouTube. Private Trump browsing is not to send a wiretap to me. Not necessarily private browsing, as Matt was saying, but actually you're not logging in as your Google account. So there's no history of your viewing except for that session. So that session you'll build, right. but after that it doesn't know who you but are. But that's why you open an incog browser window so you don't have to mess with signing <laughs> yeah. out on your main one. Well, and it deletes everything too. So it'll oh, delete yeah. all your cache history and everything exactly. else. But Matt has 650 private browsing windows opens. <laughs> it's important. I do a lot of work from home if you know what I hey, mean. Hey, speaking of Matt Lee, I got a question for you. Yes, Mr. Sir. Podcaster. Uh, I understand that you've been packing a, a Nexus 10 for a few a few weeks. Oh, yeah. We got one here uh, for Christmas. The, uh, yeah, the Nexus buddy. 10. Yeah. Already got a it? nice scratch in the screen. Thanks, Google. <laughs> no. uh, I really like it. Uh, me and my girlfriend were testing out the user switching thing because I've never really had the uh, the purpose to... to have multiple users on a tablet it's mine you know get off get your own it's really seamless like it, it's not like windows like i said this before it's not like you have to log off and then wait for it to log back in like you you can see it uh here in the bottom it has your two pictures and like it's in mine and then you tap on hers and it like it'll fade into her account and then you open it and you're there like it's very it's, cool yeah it's pretty handy and i mean just overall like i've I've tested it to it go in her account and leave like Zen Pinball running and then go into mine and try and play a game of Dead Trigger and it works flawlessly. It, it's really weird how it's handling memory management like that. But and overall it's it's great. I haven't really messed with my Transformer Prime since I've gotten this. It's kind of my new my new tablet now. And and why did you go with the 10 rather than the 7? Honestly, I asked for Christmas for a 7. I got the 10 because I assume like I already have a Prime which is 10 and my Galaxy Nexus which is the, you know, so I a 7 would have been cool. So it That's my mom, You're I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know pretty much. Don't yeah, don't mess with the Christmas gifts. Just say yes, thank you, and just yep, play with it. I know exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly <laughs> what he did, boy. Yeah. And can you? It, it, I bet the ten is too heavy to sort of one-handedly control. Uh, it's you can in portrait mode, but it is it is lighter than the Prime, and it feels smaller than the Prime. Like if you, I don't know, the the Prime just looks bigger for some reason, but they're yeah. the screens are the same size, and it's the aluminum back makes the Prime a lot heavier, so this feels like nothing. And I like the rubber back; it's it's nice to grip. Yeah, it is sort of tacky on the back side. I, I yeah. did like that. When me and Aunt, we were doing a hangout, uh, and I was on my tablet, and you said the audio sounded really good, the camera looked really good, and I was on yeah. crappy Wi-Fi, so all of that stuff is nice. Uh, yeah. I, I think Google is really on a roll with uh, its Nexus line yeah. of uh, devices. And I'm really excited to get the keyboard dock for it, because I never was able to get one for the Prime, and I think once I have that, all of my day-to-day computing is going to be on this until we have to do podcast stuff and, and record audio. But I'm going to try and live on this with the keyboard and see, uh, make all the show documents, post all the shows because it's all WordPress, so I can do that on here. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I- I'm looking forward to, to doing that. Is that actually available now, though? Uh, I'm not sure. She said she ordered it when she ordered this, so it should be here as soon as they're available. So I, I honestly have no idea. I'll probably never see it now that I think because about it. Because for me, that's the biggest failure of the Nexus program is the lack of accessories yeah. when yeah. they launch their stuff. Like, like I go to my ne- the Nexus 4 page, the accessory, the AC charger, 
<laughs> Isaac, you wow. s- you still cannot get a real car dock for the the Verizon Galaxy Nexus. You can get the what one that they sell, that? which is just the holder, but it doesn't have the pogo pin connector to charge it through the base. You still can't get one. And I've had this thing since it came out for how long now? Years. They should get their stuff together better. You think a company that large would uh, be able to do that? So, uh, Ant, before we wrap this up, uh, you wrote a piece on uh, Tech Page One here about programming and is there still money in it? Uh, is there? Man, heck yes. Yeah, I, I had this discussion with, um, actually it was with some younger guys uh, here, in the, here in the area. They, they're trying to figure out what to do with their careers and whatnot. And there's like, well, you know, should we get into telecommunications and, and networking and working with the cable companies and the phone companies? And and I love all of that stuff. I love talking about packet switching and whatnot. But for me, if you want to get where the money is and, and the stability, in my opinion, learn you a, a, a development language and start writing apps and start writing, and you know, big programs you so know, my brother recently tried to start doing this and he's switched languages that he wants to learn about three times now what would you recommend i told him to go with what's mobile so either start with what ios is using that was it c objective c objective c objective c or yeah. android or i mean either or i i guess but you go my where opinion, learn java java learn java because Java makes you, it's object oriented and it makes you build everything from the ground up. So now, and are you encouraging them to learn Java so that they can hack all of the Java exploits and steal uh, you did money? You not hear me or, say that. No. <laughs> there may or may not be money in Java pen testing. That's, that's all. We'll leave it at that. I just want to know is Ant, are you sitting there with a hammer? Yes. Oh, yeah. I have a ha- I don't know why I had a hammer at my desk, but. I'm sorry. Let me put that. Down. We may not have mentioned this, but Ant had hip replacement surgery, so he might be a little messed up right now. <laughs> we should. Uh, that's that's the reason for the hammer. It's hammer. But time. no, I, I was telling the guys, you know, look look into to studying Java. I started studying Java here last year, and and I'm enjoying it. I haven't put as much time as I'd like into it, but I've also played around with like the Android SDK, and and just just looking at all of the different opportunities around that you have all of these cell phones you have all of these tablets you know oh, yeah. people want mobile apps not necessarily just you know your every your everyday cell phone user and tablet user but your corporations want apps they want CRMs they want something that's going to market their company Especially look what look what CyanogenMod did, and look what all those developers did creating custom ROMs. Like he got a job with Samsung out of that whole. I don't know if it was that specifically, but you know that led to him being able to do that. And just just the thought of like I can go to school, and by the time I'm done, I can write my own Android ROM for my phone. I can run my very own. Like I made this. That that in and of itself is really cool. And you then, know, and then you top it off. You have resources like YouTube that have plenty of free stuff on there that walks you through line by line, semicolon by semicolon. Oh yeah, Code Academy. How to do and, this stuff? Yeah, there's a know? ton of that stuff out there. 
I love it. You know, there's a guy, um, and I, I'll say him out loud. It's, his name is Bucky Roberts, and he has a ton of different tutorials ranging from Java, ranging from C Sharp. He, he even has, like, biology and physics classes on YouTube. I mean, it, and they're all just straightforward and so easy to follow. You don't have to really be a brainiac to understand what he's saying because he's He's talking about it in layman's terms, and he's giving you visual screenshots. You can pause it. He recommends you pause it, rewind it, and, and oh, it's just so many limitless opportunities out there. So many. It's it's fabulous. Hey, and do you have uh, a, a Java project in the works that you can tell us about? <laughs> No, the last thing I did attempt to do was make a mortgage calculator. Um, You're such a nerd. <laughs> um, I tried to get my computer to do my taxes, but it didn't. Man, I tried to make this mortgage calculator. Number one, that algorithm by itself is a nightmare. Um, but no, it, it, it crashes every time I run it. Force close, huh? For some. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> Fully error exploitable. On, error on line one through 100, you know. <laughs> and then your computer is compromised. That's cool. Does your company where you work have guys that are building new, you know, in-house applications? So is yes, that my company that I work for, um, we do a lot of custom applications for for our company, you know. And it sure. saves us a ton of money. That's another thing. These big companies, they don't they don't necessarily want to go out and pay for all of these licenses fees for some software package. You know, you have your PeopleSoft and all of that stuff out there, and they're great, but we can take a, a, a Linux a Linux server and throw some 4GL code on it and build a, a, a processing system to process checks and W2s and the whole nine, man. With just some guys that understand the, you know, all the fundamentals behind that stuff. And it's a lot less expensive, yeah. and it ends up being a lot more customizable. Maintenance is better. Support's better. That's know. exactly what my friend's doing up here in Whitefish for a Realty Place. He just kind of went through all of their old stuff, turned it into all new, nice, open source based code, and just rewrote everything. And he makes freaking bank doing it. Yeah, you can all you. These guys are making a ton of money, ton of money. A lot of times they get contract jobs, but most of the time they, the companies don't want to let them go. <laughs> you know, keep them on. All right, and uh, Larry, uh, you posted something interesting about the uh, undersea cable between Venezuela and Cuba. Uh, we have um, a few minutes left if you want to talk about that real quick. Sure. Um, Cuba is uh, in the, back in the in around 1995, internet-wise. All the connectivity to the island of Cuba is satellite. They, I can't remember exactly. It's, it's 350 megabits per second total for the whole island. Oof. Yeah, and how really. many people is that split between? Like around thirteen million people. Jeez. Yeah. that's not much. That's but that that's the thing that helps a little bit is nobody can afford to get on the internet anyhow. So oh well, that's good. <laughs> but no, seriously, the um, to go back a little bit, I believe I've done some sleuthing. Uh, the money came from China, a loan from China to Venezuela to build this cable, and it was seventy million dollars. The cable's in, the cable's tested, the cable's operational. The cable has been operational, 
I don't want to misspeak, but for around a year, and there's no internet traffic on it at all. Um, and people are, you know, a lot of people think maybe there's, well, there was, I, I, I met a bunch of Cuban guys today, and the, the only mitigating factor, there, there seemed like they didn't anticipate that, geez, maybe they'd need a little uh, infrastructure on the country, on land once they got the cable here. But I can't imagine they're that stupid. But the truth is the cable's operating and nobody's using it, and the government is absolutely silent as to what the status is. Um, just last week they had the Minister of Communications and all the other ministers give their re annual reports to uh, Parliament, and the guy didn't even mention the existence of this cable that's supposedly been operational for a year and cost $70 bucks. So, so uh, what do you think? Larry, being a world traveler. Being a world traveler. Um, in that little post I wrote, I was an update. Um, you kinda, you almost have to come to the conclusion it's time to, if I were a good journalist, I'd try to follow the money because 70 million bucks came from China. Maybe the Chinese taxpayers footed the bill for this thing. And people in Venezuela, Cuba, uh, you know, Alcatel-Lucent got some money for laying the cable. So some work got done, but there must be a bunch of graft. Um, what would China benefit from having connectivity in Cuba? Like, is this to remotely launch missiles or something? No, I, I, I don't... No, like, no, no, no. What, no. what are we China's talking not, about? China's not doing it for... Why did... did you, I mean, China, when, when China says, here's $70 million to build this cable, uh, by the way, you're going to use Chinese equipment, Chinese company... Uh, that you know, have backdoor exploits like Howie routers no, were reported no, to have. This or? is this is this they, is they Chinese fund kind of stuff. Hmm. Yeah, and it's you know the the companies make money and 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 hopefully you know they the these are loans that get repaid. Um, you know it's it's uh, it's their foreign aid. It's it's and but it's foreign aid that profits their companies. And don't I mean we did you know didn't we do that? For years and years and years, don't we do that? We we give people foreign aid, and then they turn around and spend the money on stuff that's made in the USA and installed by USA firms. And then we get more of it made in China, and then we sell it. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, but no, it it Cuba has been you know okay when Cuba went online uh, when when they got their first IP connectivities in the mid nineties, and there was a lot of debate at the time because it was a really cool open internet. The internet working community was a bunch of really cool guys, and uh, they made it. They had pretty open debates at high levels about whether the internet was scary or something that they had to do. And the guys that thought it was scary, the uh, Raúl Castro in particular, who was you know really struck by the fact that the Soviet Union had fallen apart and thought that it was attributable to too much open information, he really argued against it. And so Cuba really clamped down and didn't go anywhere with the internet out of political fear and then at the same time the Soviet Union went down so political Cuba's economy went to hell and then the US had our embargo which made the prices of everything really high so Cuba is still in the mid 90s in the inter in the internet era they're just really uh, really screwed but this cable if it came on if it had come on tomorrow there's still no domestic infrastructure everybody's doing dial up uh, there's hardly even any DSL here. So, um, yeah, Cuba's in bad shape. 
But it she seems that right. part of that $70 million got squandered in graft. That's Larry, that's really a kind of sad story. Oh, it is totally that's, sad story. That's why, I, that's why I kind of put energy into Cuba is because I feel really badly. And if you know, I've got some blog posts talking about how it was in the old days, and it was so much idealism and, and kind of hope and you know, foresight. They just got squandered, man. It's it's uh, it is sad for the people. I like that you're you fighting know? the good fight so that Cubans can listen to yats. We, that's the whole purpose of this whole thing. I mean, thing, obviously, right? right? Shit. I mean, what what else would they do? What uh, else are they you watching? Gotta, cat videos? And they're going to discover yats by farting around on YouTube for a weekend. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah. someone's going to stumble across our eighty hour long playlist of yats <laughs> and AOTA and just be like. <gasps> Yeah. All right. No, it, well, it cool. is, it's really hurt the people. And, and you know, I mean, Cuba is pretty – it's an evil place. I mean, everything you do is – first of all, nobody can afford to get online. And, and if you finally scrape up the money or you get some uh, – there's a whole black market in reselling of dial-up time. Uh, everything is surveilled and everything is blocked. It's, it's a really – it's a nasty place. So. Okay, so just just think about the living in the 21st century without internet access. How yeah, would you yeah. play games like Ingress? I mean, you would literally go crazy, right? Oh, you wouldn't play Ingress, but believe me, uh, I think we sort of said at the start, everything that that you're getting off your torrents is being passed around on the streets for very little money in Cuba the, the same day you're getting the torrent. Allegedly. Uh, so all the all the games that you, everything you play that doesn't need to be connected to the internet and all the software you're using and all the movies and TV programs, that's all circulating on, on uh, So DVDs. no cloud computing is what you're saying. I wouldn't want to no. take my Chromebook down there. Wouldn't you wouldn't get much exactly. Done. Okay. That's a sinkhole for the Chrome. They are going to sell no Chromebooks in all of Cuba. You got it. Um, yeah. But if the, you know, if the cable came online, they still need huge amounts of investment in domestic infrastructure. And though the, some guys I talked to today said that it's starting to happen uh, a little bit, but it won't really happen big time until the economy changes and, and companies are willing to come in and invest in, in Cuban infrastructure. AT&T is not going to be here until the government changes. Okay, well, I didn't want to talk about this because I didn't have an Ingress invite, but now I'm about ready to start saving the world. So, Ant, oh boy, take He's us in out, Ingress. Take us. I know I'm going to be good at this because I drive for a living, so I'm going to be everywhere anyway. So, watch out. Which side should I play on? First of all, Ant. Well, right now, what side are you on? Because I want to oh, battle you. So I'll be. I'm, on, the- I'm on resistance, and according to Richard Hay, our friend from from Google and a new domain, resistance is like a sixty forty. In uh, I heard resistance is futile, so I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead and join the team enlightenment if you want, you tree hugger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's the hippie team. I see. I see how this is. <laughs> no man, but in, but Ingress is it's a, it's a pretty cool game, but at first it will confuse the crap out of you. It has all of this terminology and lingo uh, with with 
XM, exotic matter, portals, resonators, and shields. And I was like, what the heck are these people talking about? And Don't you watch Stargate, dude? Come on. I, I, I didn't know what this stuff was, man. My, my geek cred ain't that high. I mean... I was standing with it, standing here with a hammer, remember? You know? <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> do you remember, more importantly? <laughs> but no, I, I had to play around with it. It has a little tutorial on it, and then I found a few forums. And you wrote um, a review on uh, anewdomain.net about this? Yep, I wrote a review about it. Good um, deal. Basically, basically just saying, look, you know, it's going to be confusing, but jump online and check out the tutorials and figure out what the lingo means. Uh, the biggest thing is the portals that are available for you to, to hack and link and basically build a network for your team because the more portals you link, the bigger your network, okay? And the bigger your team's domination sort of Wait, state. are we talking graph search or are we talking about Ingress? I, I'm lost now. No, look. Why would I talk about Facebook? Oh, right. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Face what? And this is a game because this sounds really complicated. It I is, thought this was a first-person really shooter. It's complicated at first, and it's only for the Android folks. It's only on your Android devices, whether it's a tablet or your um, cell phone. I personally recommend, if you have a tablet, tether it to your Android phone. So you can you drain the battery screen. on both devices. No, that's a good idea. <laughs> No, you don't have that problem because you have a car charger. Come on. Right. That's you a good know, point. But you have the bigger screen because you can only zoom out so much on the map to see where the surrounding portals are. Mm. Um, but again, just jump on jump online and, and check out the forums on it. That's the biggest thing. Um, the, from what I, what I learned from them is they tried to set portals up in historical areas in your, you know, in your city or town or whatnot historical landmarks, things like that. They started out with post offices and fire departments. Oh, that sounds safe. Little, you know, but they tried to find like little local landmarks, unique things in your area and whatnot. And it, it's slow. This is still an invitation-only beta. Um, I struggled with it because the first portal that I found on the map was 20 miles away. Mm-hmm. And I want to play this game, but I didn't want to play that bad at three forty-five a gallon. I'm sorry, it's just just what happened. Are they hooked up with gas companies, or <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen, you know? But they 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 tell you straight up. Look, we're we're trying to build a network up and put more portals out there. And over time, I started noticing things were were starting to change. And just in the last three or four days, I got like five portals within five miles of my house right now you know wow you know and i was out tonight and i was out tonight just just running some errands and whatnot and something told me to pop up ingress while i was at the red light and there were two more portals right there that were brand new that just been put out there that hadn't been claimed or anything like that and so of course i jumped on it and it's it's going to be a little more fun um the more they build the network up, but it's just going to take some time. You said, you said, Ing- and, and you said ingress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, see, I've been out there looking for them damn egrets birds for weeks now, and I, I haven't found a. <laughs> 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 I 
I'm sorry. That's my southern. Draw. I tried to Google it, and Google said, "Did you mean?" They said, "Did you? See, are you looking for the white heron-looking bird?" I'm like, "There's none in where I live. There's no egrets anywhere around here." Ingress. Oh, I've been looking for that bird for weeks. Ingress. You know, I played it for about three weeks, and I just I had to stop because I was doing it too much. I started driving around town randomly, trying to hack portals. And I'm just I like, kind of found myself doing that with you know, ways. If I would see like some road treats, I would like go the long way just to go get them. <laughs> it's my, the worst. See, that's another thing. They have these companion apps. They have the the field tripper. You guys probably heard of that, haven't you? Heard mm-hmm. of that, Matt? Yeah, field it didn't tripper. show me nothing around here, so I uninstalled it. But yeah, yeah. You didn't no. see Michael was on like the posters at Walmart missing. He's been driving around for like six weeks. <laughs> Your wife keeps Facebook messaging me wondering where you're at. It right. will draw you in. It will draw you in. One of the forums I follow, they had like this little uh, worksheet or something to, to sort of get you started. And one of the first things they said is, is just just plan your day because this will suck you in and just take a lot of your time. And they recommend you go to the website and look at the map and pretty much plot out where you're going to go. You know, you told me this it, is it, like Skyrim for your car. I'm done. I'm this out. is yeah. going to be awesome yeah, once we have Google Glass and we're not walking around like this. And Google <laughs> oh Glass gosh. is coming. Ant, have you advanced beyond level one? I haven't gotten there yet. I'm getting so <laughs> daggum close. Well, I mean, because I haven't had any portals here. You're what they call a noob. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> a capital N. Uh, I haven't had any portals here. I told you I wasn't driving 20 miles to see a portal. I'm sorry. He's used 600 gallons of gas, but he ain't seen a portal yet. <laughs> and if you guys want a pro tip, what me and my friends are going to do is get big fake beards and robes, and we're all going to go out and find these portals. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> All right, and with that, I think that's another episode of Yats. Uh, Thank you, guys. This was great. We need to have this many people all the time. Party, baby. Aunt Pruitt, where your articles are at? Where? You can find my articles first on anewdomain.net, or you can look on Tech Page One, which is a Dell Enterprise um, IT site. Nice. Uh, Chris Miller. Better better yet, just go to Google Plus and look for Ant Pruage. You'll see my stuff there. Yes, let's send everyone to his Facebook. Chris Miller, where are you at? Uh, All the shows you can find uh, under spikestudio.com. That's where we do all the video casts and podcasts. And then you can find everything else under idonotes.com. It has links to every site and every social thing that might be important to you. It's I do notes. I always thought it was I do notes. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but it's cool. That, that makes sense now that you say it. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we've worked the English language out. No, it's I do notes. <laughs> it's a Twitter handle. You never know. You never, no, you know. never know. No, so yeah, you never know. Uh, but yeah, that's so I do notes.com has all the sites linked and like all the social stuff and where you can find me. Nice. And I have to say, I do appreciate doing shows with other professional podcasters because your audio is beautiful. Oh, I was going to ask. I thought it was Ant spinning his chair over there a minute ago. He's over there doing circles. No, yeah, I appreciate it. We've been uh, actually upgrading some of the studio stuff, doing a lot of green screen work and some other stuff recently, and uh, doing some, nice. some screencasts for some customers. It's Yeah, it's turned viable. So Good deal. Isaac, what are you doing, man, in Canada? Just trying to stay warm? Trying to stay warm, trying to you know fight the proxy so I can get the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and working over at newdomain.net and uh, techpage1. Nice. Larry? 
I just post stuff on blogs, one blog or another, and it, you can find it all on Google+. But I did do one on uh, the Dell the Dell website. I don't even know what it's called, but I did one tech this page week. One. Tech, tech page one. one. I'm on tech page one. Very cool. Michael Olson. Yep, you can find me on Google+, Plus as well, and I blog occasionally at techimprovement.com. Awesome. Mike Rothman. Groovypost.com. Check it out, guys, for this week's story on YouTube channels and, of course, Google+. Good deal. And for Yats, make sure you guys are subscribed to iTunes Rice Review. Give us five-star rating. It helps. Or four stars. I mean, whatever. However many stars you can spare, we'll take them. <laughs> uh, we got a YouTube tech playlist hey, that has can you spell us, uh, yeah. Attack of the Androids <laughs> and, and Yats. And there's like 80 hours of content in there. So if you want to watch these reruns, enjoy them. They're always uh, good fun. Uh, and yeah, follow the new Yats community on Google+. Plus. We have the page, and then there's Facebook page that Ant manages, and we have a Twitter. So uh, it's all on the site yet, anothertechshow.com. I'm Matt Lee, and this has been another show. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.